worship in the world is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, and I'll keep 
Let us pray. God, you guide us like a light. You point our eyes forward and our feet follow you. We give you thanks this morning, O Lord, for waking us up and getting us out of our bed and getting us here where we can worship with friends and strangers alike. For we do not take this act of worship for granted. We are thankful that we get to praise you. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Shall we gather at the river where bright angel feet have trod with its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of God? Shall we gather at the river the beautiful, the beautiful river Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. On the margin of the river, washing up its silver spray, we will walk and worship ever.
It seems to me that in general, there are two kinds of people. One is constantly aware of how they mess up in the world. You know these people who say, I'm sorry, all the time. And then another kind of person that walks through the world completely unaware of how they might negatively impact somebody around them. Now that's definitely an overgeneralization, but the truth is neither of those realities are true. You and I, we are both sinner and saint. We are all flawed, and not one of us is beyond God's reach, beyond God's redemption or repair. So each Sunday, we come to this time of worship where we pray together an admission. We admit that we mess up. Like Taylor Swift's song, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. That's what we're doing. We're admitting that we are part of the problem, and we do that already assured of God's forgiveness to us in Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we are lost. We are consumed with self-judgment. We second-guess ourselves at every turn. Forgive us for not trusting you to lead our way. Beloved, receive the very best news. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Let that in. You are forgiven, which means we get to live in peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. Before we read our scripture, I want to give us just a little bit of context on the book of Revelation. It's the last book in our Holy Bible, and it was written by a man named John in the first century after Christ's death, John wrote to the, the seven churches, the early Christian churches, and he wrote as a fellow servant of God to tell his brothers and his sisters in the faith 
that the suffering they experienced, the persecution for following Christ, would end. And through his various, often bizarre illustrations, John points us to the spiritual battle he sees happening between Satan and God, where ultimately God prevails through a Messiah, and the people of God live on into eternity. You know, it's really common for our ears, modern ears, to hear the book of Revelation and then immediately think about end times through the lens of pop culture, Christian books. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the Left Behind series, where we're conditioned to live in a state of fear of the end, of some rapture that will come and in a moment's notice take some of us away to heaven and others will be left behind. Well, spoiler alert, that's not how our Holy Bible ends. That's not how we end. It's not rapture, it's renewal. Renewal of creation and of us. John sees the future, writes it down for us, that in the end, God brings the heavens down to earth. A new heaven and a new earth are formed, and God dwells with us here. So we're going to read Revelation 21, beginning with the first verse, but a sneak peek to the last chapter, Revelation 22. There's a river that passes through the city. There's the tree of life growing on either side, bearing fruit in each season, and leaves for our healing. I want you to hear this, if nothing else at all today, hear this. The end is not something to fear. It's an opportunity for us to return praise. So hear now God's word for you. Then I saw, John writes, a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to this. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things they've passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this. Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is done. I, God, am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is The Map. We're in a sermon series, a summer sermon series, considering eight things to pack for our spiritual experience of this life. You can see it laid out on the back of your program and in our blog. And today, we're taking a look at the map. 
A few weeks ago, I uh, went for a hike in Caesars Head State Park. How many of y'all have been there before? It's a beautiful part of our state, South Carolina. When I got there, I stopped into the, the park store and I talked to a ranger. I asked them for nearby trails. We talked about how much time I had during the day and, and she kind of pointed me on a path. She pointed me to Ravencliff Falls Trail. She told me the estimated mileage, good for a day's hike, and then she showed me a picture of what's at the end of the trail, a picture of the lookout, which is this magnificent 420-foot waterfall. You know, we don't always get a picture of what we'll see at the end of a trail, so I was grateful for this sneak peek, and I picked up a paper map, and I looked at it, and, you know, I had to readjust my expectations a little bit. I'd just gotten out of the car, where those digital maps, y'all, they do everything for us, you know? Often in an accented voice of our choosing. They tell us exactly where to turn, you know? We can follow the visual map. They give us a, an updated, estimated time of arrival, which is so kind, you know? Taking into account all the external factors, and we get really used to that. So then when uh, we pick up a map like this, we gotta adjust our expectations. So here I was adjusting my expectations. I was following the little red squiggles with my finger. I took like two minutes to try to consider the elevation gain and then I just gave up, started walking. And the trail was awesome. It was clearly marked, it was well-maintained. I never once felt lost, thanks be to God. And I was really lucky because this trail is an out and back. So as I was walking in, I got to encounter people that had already been to the end and were walking back to me. And we do this thing, you know, where you, you say hello, and, uh, and usually you ask, like, how far is it? Which is comical. It's really comical, right? You ask how far it is, and you just get somebody's, like, half-baked answer of how far it feels to them away, right? So sometimes you'll say, hey, how far to the end? And this person will say, oh, you're almost there. And sure enough, like, one more minute, just one more turn, you're right there, you know? Other jokers, though, you ask them how far to the end, and they'll say, oh, you're almost there. And you're like not even halfway through the trail, right? It's like some hiker's code, I think, to lie. <laughs> to just make up some answer that you think will encourage other people to keep walking. When did we decide that that was cool? Our answers to things like how far away is it, it's all personal. It's all based on how quickly we're hiking and whether or not we're able to stay on the right trail. I realized when I was um, looking at this map that it wasn't gonna give me everything I needed. It wasn't gonna give me some video footage to watch and see all that my eyes would get to see on the trail. And though, sure, it tells me like, typically in these seasons you might see this wildlife, it could not predict what I would see at that particular time and space on my journey. It definitely cannot tell me how this particular trail is gonna feel in my lungs or on my ankles. I had to walk, I had to set out and experience it for myself. And the truth is, similar to this paper map, we don't get an ETA of our spiritual walk with God. We don't get point by point directions called out in the accent voice of our choosing. In our spiritual walk on this earth, we might hear Jesus telling us, hey, you're getting close. 
But ultimately, only God knows when our end walking on this earth will be. And the truth is that you and I, Christians, we're very lucky. Because just as I was gifted by the ranger a picture of the lookout at the end of the trail of Raven Cliff Falls Trail, we, Christ followers, were given a picture of what the end of our spiritual walk will be. It's right here in Revelation. A new heaven, a new earth, a spring of the water of life, the home of God among mortals. God with us. Today we're going to talk about our spiritual map, which begins at our birth when we enter in the earth's time and space. It begins at birth and then it, the map charts our life continuing to an unknown time when we come to our end. And there can be a lot of fear when we start talking about the end, but remember the good news for you and for me is that we've already seen it. It's already been gifted to us in the book of Revelation. The end is the same as the beginning with God, our creator, the alpha, the omega, the river running through the city, the trees on either side, the end where God wipes from our eyes every tear, where death is no more, pain, suffering, no more. This week I was back in my office after a great rest, two weeks of rest with recess, and I met with a church member to plan his funeral. That's right, he is alive and well, but he wanted to meet with me to plan his funeral. He wanted to be prepared himself for what is about to come next. And he understands something that I wish more people would, that planning your funeral is actually among the best gift you can give to your loved ones who outlive you. So in this meeting, we're talking about this man's life, and there's many stories that he could tell, but he's choosing the ones that are most important to him, the stories that reveal to me, to others, what is most important to him. I got to listen to his spiritual walk, to what his eyes have seen, to what his lungs and his ankles have experienced. I got to hear how important community service is to him. That was the element he picked up in every fabric of his life, the element he wants to pass on because the call to serve for him comes from Christ. I got to hear stories about his faith, and he was real honest, which I love. So he talked about how the first half of his life, you know, he went to church, and uh, he, he believed because it was what good Southern people do. And then about halfway through, he started questioning, hey, does this faith really make sense? And then for the last few decades, he's been, li he's been listening to and reading some of the greatest Christian poets and prophets and philosophers. He's given many books to me and other preachers that you've heard preach. And he's encountered the great mystery of faith. And he's chosen to cling to it to cling to the mystery, to cling to Christ and the resounding hope that comes to us through him. We talked about the scriptures that are meaningful for him. We talked about what hymns move his heart, meet us in our place of despair and move us to hope. What this man was doing in our meeting and the thoughtful time he had prepared before, he's forming in his own words the map of his life. 
And in addition to planning a pretty epic funeral service, he's giving me a look in on that spiritual map so that I then can convey it to his family and his friends, to each of you. In our meeting, as we talked freely about the nearness of death, this man preached the gospel to me. In his retelling of his life, he pointed me in every story to the hope of resurrection in Jesus, not just for some afterlife that he'll get to explore, but right now, right here, redeeming you and me and this earth. His stories are important because they put real flesh and bone on the gospel. This man was looking me right into the eye, into my soul, and telling me that in the end, of his long and great life, his light will seek its source. How beautiful is that? His light will seek its source, and he will return to the Creator. And it's the best news I've ever heard. As I sat with his words and I was reading John's words in the book of Revelation, I couldn't help but see the similarities. You see, both of these men understand God to be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Both understand Christ revealed to us in Scripture to be a map, a picture of our final destination. And this man, he doesn't fear the end on earth. He's not scared because he knows he's going home. And that as much as this will be a new thing for him, it will also feel familiar because of God's promise to be with us. Christ has swallowed up death and victory. Who then do we fear? The Bible, with its great picture of our end, it's the map we carry. This Bible, with our stories scribbled into the margins and, and, and stuck in paper pieces, it's the map that we pass on from one generation to the next. This is the map we pack, we carry, when life is hard. John wrote these words in a time of great suffering for the early Christians, random outbreaks of hostility between the Christians and the Jews and pagans, they were common. He knew the pain of being attacked. He knew what it was like to feel out of control. He knew great physical suffering. And he was compelled to write down what he saw to be true, the hope for his brothers and sisters. He wrote this map down for you and for me. This is the map we carry when life gets hard because just like John, you and I see evil every day. Not everyone is trustworthy. Cancer consumes bodies. Dementia consumes minds. Viruses can take out entire preschool families for weeks on end. And business is hard and stressful, especially when you and I ask the question, the important question, what would Jesus have us do? The stress, it can take a toll on our bodies like an invisible disease. Life is not easy in that same cosmic battle that John witnessed between good and evil, we can see in our daily lives. So as you walk this day, this week, this month, pack this map 
this Bible, for here in the final pages, we get to see the end, the great waterfall, the spring of life. Thanks be to God. Amen. We said we'd walk together, come what may. Then comes the twilight, should we lose our way? As we're walking, my hand should slip free. I wait for you, should I fall behind, wait for me. We swore we'd travel side by side we'd help each other stay in stride and each person's steps fall so differently i'll wait for you should i fall behind of all people, we pray for your children, especially your children who are suffering this day. For those who are stressed with bills and revenue and expenses that don't line up, 
We pray for those who are aging and losing the independence they've enjoyed for most of their lives. We pray for adult children sandwiched between caring for generations on either side of them. We pray for those we love in hospice beds, those recovering from surgeries, those preparing for surgery this week. We give thanks, O Lord, for the newest members of your church, the babies born to us this week, and for the good health of them and their mothers. Lord, we pray for our leaders of this city and state, of our nation and of the world. And we pray for the leaders among us in this sanctuary, those who make decisions in their offices and their boardrooms and their family homes that affect others. Give us your guidance, O Lord. Thank you for your map. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand and to affirm together what we believe. I want to remind us that it's okay if you don't like or understand any word of this creed, its ancient words passed down to us. Think of it as a map, a map that generations before us have written down of hope. Friends, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Got the whole world in his hands, he got the whole world in his hands, he got the whole world in his hands, he got the whole world in his hands. He's got the itty bitty baby in his hands, he's got the itty bitty baby in his hands, he's got the itty bitty baby in his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands.
is our map. It's what we cling to. It's what we pass down from generation to generation. This is the end. Revelation 21 verse 4. God will wipe every tear from your eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning, crying, pain will be no more. For those things have passed away. Friends, as you go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you. And with all those you love, and with all those nobody loves, go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.